Belvedere Vodka. Produced in one of the world's longest-running distilleries, Belvedere Vodka is the world's finest all-natural vodka. Belvedere is made with non-GMO Polish rye, pure water, and no additives. Zero. Recognized for quality, Belvedere was named the ISC World Vodka Producer of the Year in 2015, 2016, and 2017. Enjoy a delicious cocktail with Belvedere Vodka today, and remember to always drink responsibly. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Danacy Football Podcast. I am joined, as always, by my co-host and co-Danny, Danny Kelly. What is up, DK? What's going on, man? How are you doing? I am horrible because I have Andy Dalton in the Ringer Fantasy League, and it's a two-quarterback league, and we also have <laughs> Mitch Trubisky, and we're screwed. There's a lot of injuries this week. It's kind yeah, of, we're, actually, it, we're having that battle of attrition late in the season where people have to really adapt to some of that stuff. Yeah, we're screwed. Uh, oh, but I forgot. Craig, Jim, how are you guys? How are you, Craig? I don't really care about Jim. Thanks. Uh, I'm great. Nice to be here. <laughs> also, I think Jim might not have a mic, but Jim, you're beautiful. I know. Uh, oh, there he, he is. He does yes. have a mic. Hey, look at that. <laughs> he was going to sneak. Well, Jim, well, while you guys are both there, uh, Jim, how do you feel about Batman music for the DK's Dark Knights? Sure. Hit it. Really? What about like the Blue Fire Dark Knight music? What is that? No, never mind. All right, never mind. Fine. We're in a hurry. Anyway. Uh, all right, DK. Let's get into some Dark Knights for this week. Obviously, it's the last week of the fantasy regular season for many people. So, real do or die week. So, Let's just dive in, shall we? Yeah, go ahead. What, who do you who do you got first on your list? Uh, I have some real hard hitting fantasy analysis to start off with. Uh, <laughs> we're just gonna call this like working title, no shit, Sherlock. Uh, Austin Eckler, yeah, <laughs> um, with the Chargers, obviously. So Melvin Gordon uh, has an MCL sprain. He's not likely to be out for the season, but he is week to week at the moment. And we've talked about this before about handcuffing back in vogue. Uh, Eckler can do a lot of things. Gordon can do. He's not not quite as good, but he's shockingly competent for you know his draft pedigree and all that he's um, good man yeah he's good he is very good i think he can get you 80 percent of what gordon was doing if not everything so if you have eckler hopefully you handcuffed him but if not he's definitely you can plug him in very safely. so sad i'm so sad that i didn't get him in more leagues and just hold on to him because yeah i mean he he's explosive he was i believe he was a spark god back in the day before he was drafted really fast really explosive good receiver slippery he, he's very good i it you can make the argument that he's not getting enough touches in that offense. It's obviously tough to take away touches from Gordon just because he's so good this year. But um, it's also, be by kind of spark, fun to watch him play. To be clear, you mean speed, power, agility, reaction, and quickness. <laughs> yes. The Chargers' number two running backs, or like their receiving backs, are always good. Like they had Sproles, Woodhead, uh, Michael Turner was a backup there at one point. Now Eckler. Oh yeah. I Look at Craig that. with the history lesson. Look at you. I love it. But yeah, yeah no, that's a right. good play going up against the Steelers this week. Um, MCL injuries typically are at least two weeks, probably more like three. Something to keep in mind, week 14, they get the Bengals, which, as we know, is basically the the best fantasy defense to be going up against if you're any position. So that's a good one. Uh, my first initial advice, my dark night this week, Gus Edwards of the Ravens. I think we can kind of say at this point that he has officially arrived. They're still going to have to deal with a running back by committee in, in Baltimore because, you know, you got... Alex Collins, Ty Montgomery, Buck Allen, they're all kind of in the in the picture there. I think with two straight 100-yard games, um, you know, obviously he's working really well with uh, Lamar Jackson in that offense. He's a downhill guy. Uh, I just think he's started, he's really started to emerge. It doesn't seem like they really like Alex Collins all that much anyway. 
So going forward, I think Edwards is guy. Jason Lockenford reported that yesterday, actually, that Edwards is, quote, definitely the guy in the Ravens' backfield. He said that the coaches believe he's more instinctive, doesn't dance in the backfield like the other Baltimore running backs. And I saw this, I dug this up, per PFF over the last two weeks, Edward, Edwards ranks first in broken tackles on rushes, 13, first in elusive rating, and second in yards after contact per rush, 4.1, among qualifying rushers, so minimum 24 attempts, behind only Saquon Barkley. So he is you know, breaking you tackles. You know, DK. What's that? That's why they call him Gus the Bus. The Edwards. Bus? <laughs> Gus the Bus, baby. The U-Haul. <laughs> he's not the U-Haul, he's the Bus. Jerome Bettis wasn't even that good. Moving on. All right, who do you got next? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm sticking with that, Drew Bettis. Um, last one for me. So Marlon Mack, uh, obviously, he suffered a concussion on Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, mo- this is a very much like monitor his status throughout the week. But if he's not able to play next week, um, I, I loved how Naheem... Oh, God, I'm speaking of names. going to mess up. Naheem Hines? Naheem, I think, yeah. Naheem Hines. Well, he looked wonderful. Uh on Sunday, I really liked wonderful. the way he was running. I, he had, I mean, he had, yes, wonderful. He, <laughs> I love his blend of like speed, but also he can lower his shoulder and just truck people. But he also is really quick in the open field. He's mm-hmm. been their pass catching guy, so I, I like him a lot more than Jordan Wilkins, and I certainly like him more if Mac is out because they're playing the Jaguars, and I actually like him because I think he can be on the field in between tackle situations, but also if they need third and long and all those things. Like I think he's just a more versatile piece, and I would actually play him with a fair bit of confidence if he's going to be out because I think the pass catching gives him a volume like a poor man's James White. So, love Naeem. Yeah. Hines is fun. He, for er, fun if to you watch remember early in the season, like he was, uh, he kind of emerged as the leader of that, that group before Matt got back and he was really looking solid, catching a lot of passes. Uh, there was that one game, I think it was against the Texans where he like skied up over a defender and grabbed a touchdown. He, he's like got natural receiving skills. So I like, I like Hines. I think he has the potential to, you know, be good down the line too, like just in the next couple of seasons. So keep him in mind. Should we just go into the next guy or do you got anything else? Let's, let's just roll in DK. This is your, this is your boy. Cameron Brait, uh, with OJ Howard on the, on the injured reserve, uh, Brait kind of inherits a lot of the volume in that, that offense in terms of the tight end position. We've talked about it many times on this podcast. He is a red zone master. Um, actually saw this from Matthew Berry on Twitter. He's accounted for 28% of Winston's touchdown passes since the beginning of last season, which is crazy. That's nuts. One third almost. Uh, and so he's still kind of just like this touchdown upside play only. He's not going to catch a lot of passes. He's not going to be, you know, he's not like a PPR star or anything like that, but all he does is score touchdowns. So, uh, last week, he caught three catches on four targets, 26 yards, and a touchdown. He was the only Buccaneer with the red zone look last week. And going up against the Panthers this week, who have given up the most fantasy points per game to tight end position this year. So I think it's a good matchup, and they're probably, you know, the game scripts are just going to match up with what, what you want from that. And so I think Braid's a good play going forward. Yeah, Braid splits with Winston in and Fitzpatrick in have been absolutely night and day. It's been fascinating to watch that happen. Uh, we're going to touch on that a little bit later, actually. The last one for me, I think I said that for Hines, but this is the real last one for me. <laughs> uh, you mentioned him last week. I mentioned him a few weeks ago. We love Josh Adams on the Eagles. Yeah, um, He had 22 carries for 84 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he also just looked great. Uh, he had 48 yards after first contact. And then between the tackles, he had 16 carries for 77 yards, according to ESPN Stats and Info. They're going against the Redskins, which have not been able to uh, deal with the run as as well as they should have. Their defense is 
kind of fallen off along with their offense in the last few weeks. And then uh, according to Roto World, uh, Doug Peterson said he yeah. wants to get Josh Adams more work each week. He's basically been named the feature back. Uh, Corey Clement ripped off a couple runs last week, but it was really more the result of open holes. I think Adams was the best runner. He's the most decisive runner. He's really breaking off chunks more consistently. He's doing more with less than the other guys. And he just, he has the job. Uh, yeah. And he's fantastic. I think the Eagles offense is doing better. They have an interesting schedule coming up. So I really love Josh Adams this week and the rest of the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, I mean, Adams is kind of the the foundational back, and, and that, I think, opens things up for Clement. But he's not getting, like, Clement's just not going to get the same volume. I think, like you said, Adams is the guy now. Um, he's physical. He can run between the tackles. He, he, no one else on that team kind of has the same attributes as him, and so it makes perfect sense. It's actually kind of frustrating why it took him so long to kind of get to this point, but... That's the NFL for you. Uh, my I think last, he was, he was a rookie, and, and I think it. Yeah, it, it's that's true. I think the two months in the middle of the season can be really huge for for rookies sometimes. So, I, might be a, a blessing in disguise. Absolutely. Um, my last guy is actually two guys, and it's again, it's another one of these contingent on kind of what happens going forward. But it might be worth a waiver claim before all this stuff goes down. T.J. Yeldon or Carlos Hyde for the Jaguars going up against the Colts this week. If Fournette get suspended for throwing a punch. I don't know, like, I, I actually don't know off the top of my head, like, what the history is of in terms of guys getting suspended for that kind of stuff. Typically, I would guess, I would lean towards him not getting suspended, but you just never know. If he does get, if Fournette does get suspended this week, then that's a huge opportunity for Hyde or Yeldon, both really. Um, I think Hyde is going to dominate the early down work, red zone. Red zone action, he, Fournette is actually gobbled up 13 red zone looks in the last three weeks. He's just getting tons and tons of red zone looks. Uh, the next closest skill player on the team is actually Hyde in that time with just two. So, you know, if Fournette is out, there's tons and tons of opportunity for scoring there, and you could have a very key add in terms of Hyde or Yeldon late in the season when you when you might have, when you're dealing with some injuries or whatever. So that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, I, th- I think it's unlikely at this point that Fournette's going to get suspended, uh, but you'll probably know this around... By Tuesday afternoon, there'll be probably something very definitive on this. Um, but if right. he does get suspended, then it's definitely a great play. But I don't think he's going to be, to be honest. Yeah, probably not. Worst case scenario, though, honestly, it's it's a good handcuff. So um, exactly, I, that's actually I, I think that's actually the better play because I think Fournette's injury is one that's very easy to linger. And right. Should we just talk about Bortles now, or we're going to get to Bortles <laughs> later? Yeah, we'll we'll get to Bortles in our third segment. Yeah. Before we move on, let's take a quick break. Here's a little insider travel secret from our friends at Hotel Tonight. There are tons of empty hotel rooms out there just waiting to be booked. And Hotel Tonight has partnered with these awesome hotels to help them sell those unsold rooms, which means you get incredible deals. Seriously, if you love scoring amazing hotel deals, you've got to try Hotel Tonight. Forget scrolling through never-ending lists Hotel Tonight shows you a select list of incredible deals at cool hotels they think you'll love. And they even give short profiles of each hotel, complete with all the info you need and pictures of what rooms really look like. Plus, even though their name is Hotel Tonight, they're not just for last-minute bookings. You can also book in advance. It's perfect for spontaneous weekend getaways, three-day weekends, staycations, road trips, business trips, booking a place with a pool, and more. So to start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels, go to hoteltonight.com or download the app now. All 
All right, DK, let's hop into a little waiver wire lightning round. Uh, obviously, we don't know your leagues as well as everyone listening does, but we have thoughts. So whether yeah. it's adding somebody to your bench, maybe you need to toss one of these guys in your lineup. We just want to keep an eye on them. We're going to give some thoughts and we give you guys the autonomy to, to make choices. So <laughs> really, really nice of us. Yeah. <laughs> That's life, man. Um, this one's interesting. Chris Thompson of the Redskins. Uh, I had him. This is fascinating to me. So he's fantastic, but it's actually yeah. a similar story to last year where the beginning of the season, he was great. He's this, like the, I mean, in running back standards, grizzled old veteran, but you know, he's late twenties and He's just became this like uber pass catching back late in his career. He never like put up a huge volume until last season. Um, and he was like almost like a top 10 fantasy running back. And then he like broke his leg. Coming back this year, he came in. He, I think he was kind of still hesitant to really put a ton of weight and really trust that the injury had healed. And then coming into the season, he once again was getting a lot of passing volume. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he got hurt again. So he really has just been out for the last eight, nine weeks, I think. Uh Craig can quote me on that if I'm wrong, but he has actually ownership dropped to all the way to half of Yahoo leagues, even though he was like a top 20 guy when he was playing and he's finally back. So on one hand, this is not at all reliable, predictable. I mean, we have no idea (laughs) what his usage is going to be. We have no idea how much he's going to spell Peterson. We have no idea anything. We have no idea how healthy he is. Yada, yada, yada. On the other hand, if you are like scrounging at running back right now and you have no idea what your second or third guy is going to be in the playoffs, this is a fantastic like flyer because two weeks from now he might, you know, he, he might be able to, you know, get one of those 10 catches for 100 yards and a couple touchdowns kind of games. So I, I think he's about as good of a flyer as you can do at this time of the year. Uh, for someone that's around half owned and you're just trying to get a flyer for maybe the playoffs. He's one of the few guys that is on the waiver wire right now that could be starting on a fantasy championship team in four weeks. That's a more concise way of saying it, but fine, Craig. He had 14 targets, 13 catches, and 92 yards in week two. I mean, yeah, he. I really like Thompson. I've been kind of keeping an eye on him just because, like Craig said, I mean, he's he's the kind of guy that you can plug into your starting lineup if he's going to be playing and if he's going to be healthy. But yeah, it's, it's something I, I wouldn't to monitor. play him until I see him like on the field. I'm a little more conservative about <laughs> right, that than most. Right. But but yeah, I like him a lot. Eagles have given up fourth most receptions to running backs this year with Colt McCoy in there, and we'll get into this later in the show. It could change the dynamic of their offense. McCoy just if he's looking for sort of like a dump off option, screens, uh, you know, swing passes, things like that. That's where Thompson really excels. That's not really Adrian Peterson's game. So. I think, yeah, I think Thompson's an interesting one. If he's out there, I'm definitely adding him. So, yeah, I like that one. My next guy, Bruce Ellington of the Lions, going up against the Rams this week. Former Texan and 49er, kind of a shifty, uh, you know, speedy slot kind of receiver who who could see his role elevated in in Detroit now that uh, Marvin Jones is on the injured chart. We just found that out today on Monday. Marvin Jones is... Uh, done for the year, so that kind of opens things up in that offense. Obviously, Kenny Galladay is going to be the clear-cut number one if he wasn't already, but I think that it, it does kind of give other guys in that offense a chance to step up. The The Lions actually have an incredible amount of receivers named Jones, so with Jones gone, TJ Jones and Andy Jones are also kind of there behind him, but I think Ellington is going to be kind of the, the main beneficiary that he's got 12 catches on 16 targets, in the last two games, as second on the team in targets over the last two games, he's running 46% of, out, of his routes out of the slot per PFF. What do we think about slot receivers? We love them. Um, and the Rams are giving up a lot of points. Cream. Anti-aging cream. 
<laughs> exactly. Teeth whiter, you get thinner, better tan. I can't believe that there's three guys named Jones and you're picking the guy named Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've reached the mea culpa section of this podcast, DK. <laughs> I hate this uh, section. Yeah. I'm talking about, so Larry Garrett Blunt, who I slandered, maybe, uh, mm, on the podcast last week. I wouldn't week, go that far. I wouldn't go that far. He had a very Legarity game. Uh, obviously he had two touchdowns <laughs> after we questioned whether we should just rely on whether he's going to get goal line touchdowns uh, and 88 yards on Thanksgiving. I'm still torn here because I think the original logic I used last week, I still believe in, which is, are you going to like go down in your fantasy playoffs, like losing because <laughs> you played the right. Garrett blunt and he got like 14 or like 40 yards and no touchdowns. But at the same time, like maybe he's just going to keep getting these goal line touchdowns. So I am admittedly weakened and staggering in my stance, but I'm standing true, DK. <laughs> I still don't want LeGarrette Blunt playing, Yeah, but probably worth picking up. But I still won't play him. I mean, yeah, it's one of those things where I guess if you don't have any better options, go ahead and play him, but it's... Craig, what I do mean, you have thoughts I agree, here? I agree with your logic, though. Craig is a carry-on owner. I don't know. Fantasy, I feel like more and more as I get older, just about swallowing your pride and just <laughs> understanding that... <laughs> You know what? I'm going to start with Garrett Blunt. So, am I going to be starting Eric Ebron this week? Yeah. Yes, why? yes, I am. Well, that that's kind of, you know, that's a whole other story now that Jack Doyle is on the injured reserve. But even if he hadn't gone onto the injured reserve, just kind of like at this point, resigned to the fact that uh, that Eric Ebron is just going to score touchdowns. So, yeah, it's just one of those things. Speaking of swallowing your pride, Danny Heifetz, do you have anything to say? Uh, yeah, Amari Cooper's going to lose everyone in their fantasy championships. <laughs> she stick with the man. It's it's all just roping you back in. It's just it's just a long. It's please playing the long game. Is it pretty lonely on top of that hill you're on? <laughs> yeah, but you know what? You can you can see the truth from up here. It's all about perspective. <laughs> all right. Oh my gosh, um, I love it. I I will die on this hill. <laughs> you are dying on this hill, <laughs> gasping for air. Anyway, let's move on. All right, uh, my next guy, Robert Foster, the Bills. Really kind of like a deep cut. I hate Amari Cooper. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes. Anyway, back to Foster. (laughs) So with the Bills offense, obviously it's really tough to trust anybody on this team. Foster's kind of emerged as a playmaker for this guy, for these guys. He's an undrafted free agent out of Alabama. He has catches of 47 yards, 43 yards, 75 yards in the last two games. Um, 165 yards total in the last two games, which almost reaches what he caught his last season at Alabama. He's a former high school all, first-team All-American and a top-five receiver recruit nationally, according to uh, his NFL.com scouting report. I have to admit, I didn't know a whole lot about him before the draft, but uh, he's kind of come out. He's kind of come out of nowhere and, and making some plays for that team. Obviously, with Josh Allen having a big arm. Having a deep threat like that is kind of interesting if you're really desperate. But for me, I'm like, he's more like an ad and kind of stash him on your bench and see how things go. But it's not necessarily the kind of guy I want to depend on in the final week of the pre, uh, of the regular season or the last two weeks of the regular season if you're like really trying to win your win your league or whatever. Get to the playoffs, I should say. I agree. I'm so finicky about trusting receivers. But as Craig says, we almost swallow our pride. And I think ugh, I, like Jarvis Landry is a great example of someone that I am just up to here with. Um, and also, <laughs> like, I'm thinking about this and I'm just thinking in my mind if I would cut like Cortland Sutton for like Robert Foster. And oh man, Sutton had like what? Man. One catch? Crushed me. Crushed my heart. Crushed my little yeah. heart. 
Last one, I like the tight end. I love Gerald Everett on the Rams. I mean, obviously, so he had good play. Uh, three touchdowns and a two point conversion his last two games. Two touchdowns against the Chiefs. He he looked fantastic. I mean, obviously, that's you kind of got to throw that game out because that was just like such an epic like, <laughs> tilt, like a hundred some at, points. Yeah, but at the same time, I think Everett and uh, Josh Reynolds really did split a lot of volume that usually would have gone to Cooper Cup and other people. And I think Everett was a bigger part of the passing game. And I'm interested to see if the tight ends get more involved in passing than we've seen under McVay this season. So I, mm-hmm. I actually really, I mean, tight ends just such a wasteland right now. I mean, Evan Ingram might be back this week. Maybe not. Doyle's out for the season. I mean, it, it's just such a disaster that like you could really do worse than like a 50, 50 shot that like the Rams really get their tight ends going and stick to it. I mean, and I mm-hmm. like Everett more than Higby, so and maybe Higby, it, you know, it's just like a a matchup thing. You go back and forth, but I think Everett's a better play for. Like, I'd rather bet on Everett. So, Everett was uh, wasn't Everett their top pick a couple of years ago? I mean, he was he was a second rounder, but he was their first pick of the draft. I want to say. So they obviously feel very highly about him. He's a great athlete, dynamic player. You know, I don't know. It, it's just really tough to to predict what's going to happen with a tight end position in that He's, offense. Oh, speak, but yeah, and you know who else? Went down and is that now on IR? Who's that? Medium sized Jeff. Oh yeah, damn it. That's medium sized yeah. Jeff Hireman, I think. Yeah, I think that's it. But anyway, yeah, he's. I think he's out for the season. Yeah, so I mean, so yeah, if you're Jeff. if you're desperate for so now it's medium sized Gerald. Many people are <laughs> medium sized Gerald is in. Um, last one. Oh, I, I I like this one. Yeah. So Josh Doxson of the Redskins. He is a former first rounder. A very good college player who I liked a lot has had a lot of struggles early in his career. Has not really developed into what I think a lot of people thought he would be. But coming into this week, it seems like he's he's kind of just ready to break out. After Smith, after Alex Smith broke his leg, uh, McCoy came in and targeted Doxon on I think it was five out of twelve throws last week. He had ten targets, six catches, six six yards. Seems like McCoy really kind of likes going to Doxon. So that is a potential, like like we talked about with uh, Winston and things like that, it's just potential chemistry play. And Doxon's got the talent, I think. And going forward, if you're looking for a receiver to potentially plug in at the flex, if you've got injuries or whatever, I think he's an option just because there's not a lot of guys in that offense right now. Yeah, uh, we're going to get into the chemistry stuff next segment, but we wanted to highlight Doxon because I mean, so this was, a, I mean, they took him in the first round out of TCU. I mean, he's like jump ball specialist. He's just absolutely yeah. huge, huge catch radius, can just leap and a bunch of like ridiculous catch abilities and all that. But uh, a lot of foot injuries his, his first couple of years and really stopped him from getting NFL reps at NFL speed. Yep. And he already yep. was going to separation was already going to be the thing he had to work on. And then you have these foot injuries and then you're not getting reps. So it's really hard on the, the one hand, I'm curious if Colt McCoy's actually had more time with him than normal, than a normal backup would because of like his struggles to get to the starting level. So it's actually kind of intriguing now, almost more so than it was before for me. The Eagles also have many problems in their secondary. So they're giving up the second most fantasy points to receivers this this year. Um, they're just injury riddled back there. Can't stop anybody. So that that's another factor. Oh, yeah. I'm going to read you a list of names and tell me who are characters in uh, <laughs> Wreck-It Ralph 2 and who are cornerbacks playing for the Eagles this season. Or now that they have four of their top five guys are hurt. How's that? Uh, yeah, let's do this. I have no idea. Number one, Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> uh, guys who are playing for them, or Wreck-It Ralph characters. Devontae Bosby, oh, Chandon Sullivan, one. Cravon LeBlanc. Uh, I know Devontae Bosby is an NFL player, 
And Cravon LeBlanc is also. Yeah, they're all, they're all NFL players. I don't recognize the other guy's name. What was the other guy's name? Chandon Sullivan. They're all NFL players. The point is, they're down four. They're top five. Okay, you know what? It, it was a swing and a miss, okay? <laughs> this game this game didn't work. I don't know why I've heard of those guys, but I have. I bet Craig's not even going to cut this just to spite me. I'm going to sound really dumb. All right, let's move on. <laughs> uh, before we move on, let's take a quick break to talk about the Yahoo Sports app. Have you gotten the Yahoo Sports mobile app yet? Are you ready for live football on your phone? With the Yahoo Sports mobile app, you get live local and primetime NFL games all season long. Tune into your favorite teams and the biggest NFL matchups wherever and whenever you want. All NFL season long. So download the Yahoo Sports mobile app and watch NFL football at the tap of an app. Seriously, go get the app. (laughs) It's your ticket to watching live NFL games wherever you want. It is all football and all yours. Watch live NFL games on the Yahoo Sports mobile app. All right, DK, we wanted to run through for this last segment. We kind of just wanted to run through. There were so many quarterback situations that got so murky this week. Uh, So Blake Bortles, Bopples, got benched for Cody Kessler (laughs) about four years after it was supposed to happen. Finally, Um, God. Shout out to Roger Sherman for calling Blake Bopples. Uh, The Bengals, uh, well, Andy Dalton, out for the season with a thumb. Yeah. And Jeff Driscoll replaced him. Colt McCoy's in for Alex Smith. And we have the Niners, maybe Nick Mullen, C.J. Beathard stuff. So we wanted to run through those and just look at, does that, obviously none of this is like great for anyone who's like on the season, or at least it's not apparent yet. Uh, But we wanted to look at who's about the same and who is really a downgrade. So shall we start? Yeah, my thinking essentially is, what does, what are these quarterback changes you know, or just the quarterback situations in general. How does it make you feel about these players like going into the last couple of weeks of the, to the regular and season? Like, I think this is half the battle right now because again, we talked about this with the Bucks, but I can't hammer it enough. Sometimes quarterbacks just have chemistry with different dudes. Jameis has chemistry with Cameron Braid. Yeah, uh, I have no idea why. Trust him. But then Fitzpatrick yeah. comes in, clearly has chemistry with Chris Godwin right off the bat, and Deshaun Jackson for whatever reason. Apparently, that was because he threw a different kind of deep ball, which was. Um, an interesting thing. You lofted it in there. Nick Foles has a different deep ball than Wentz. It's, it, it's, there's weird little quirks and like, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to pretend to be able to predict it as much as it's worth looking at those things in the next week or two for the fantasy playoffs. Um, but right now, there are things that people, we can downgrade. Yeah, so first, let's let's start off with Cody Kessler because in this situation, I almost, it's like you almost feel a little more confident in the receivers with Kessler in there. That's how much I like just right? I just didn't really, like, I did not trust Bortles. And obviously, he's he's put up fantasy numbers in the past. And so, it's part of, partly, you know, the, the argument of, you know, a quarterback is bad versus a fantasy quarterback. You know, like, the sometimes you just have to play guys that you think are bad just because there's going to be so much volume in the whatever offense. But, like, they've made Bortles... Um, they've they've taken Bortles out of the game plan essentially in the last couple of weeks. I don't know how that's going to change with Kessler in there. Maybe they'll let him pass more. I think I want to say Bortles has had like I don't know twelve or thirteen pass like completions a game over the last couple of games or something like that. So I think maybe um, with Kessler, there's actually a chance they could throw it more because I think he's actually a better quarterback potentially. I agree. I, I mean, maybe we just, no, no, we, we're not crazy. No, he's better than Blake Bortles. <laughs> Bortles has been profoundly bad and getting worse this season. I, think. I mean, it's just, it's, I'm glad the experiment is over. I think we shit on him enough, but farewell, right. Blake. Maybe he comes back and this isn't a permanent benching. I think it has to be a permanent benching. 
Um, and I actually would be really interested to see which receiver thrives with Kessler, and I'm curious if that could stick. Yeah, the other factor that's really interesting with the Jaguars is offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. We, I think we both liked him. Generally I love the Hackett. Hackett got 45 points out of the Jags in the in the divisional round against the Steelers. By the way, the the fact that he came out in the media and was like, "Yeah, I thought I." He got called into whoever Marone's office. He's like, I thought um, I was going to bench Blake, <laughs> and then I got fired. That is such a. I don't even know what that is, but that's just so hilarious to me. That he shouts to Lombardi. Thinking, that's some real good fellow stuff. <laughs> uh, now real the offensive stuff. coordinator is someone called Scott Milanovic, who I don't know much about. Um, don't know what the hell their offense is going to look like. It's basically just they're on life support for their last five weeks. They're out of the playoff picture, basically. I don't know. It's one of those things where we don't know what the hell is happening with this team. Um, and and that makes me worried about starting any of their players potentially other than Fournette, you know, assuming Fournette is I wouldn't I, I would monitor Keelan Cole and Westbrook and Moncrief. Um I'm sticking I'm staying away generally. I think I'm staying away from these guys. I think that's general. fair. The yeah. interesting one that uh the Bengals, I think, are actually more interesting. So Jeff Jerskill stepped in for Dalton, who is Yeah. I mean, if there was war for football, I feel like Dalton's the definition of like a replaceable player. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe, I guess maybe that's like Brock Osweiler or something. But Driscoll looked like shockingly competent. 17 of 29 for 155 yards. He didn't throw a bunch of stuff deep, but he kind of kept the Bengals offense humming. And it's hard because without yeah. AJ Green, it hasn't looked the same anyway. So it's already kind of like a lower bar, but I actually am not like, it's not good for Tyler Boyd. I'm not destitute, but uh, it's tough because it already was a huge ask of everything going on without AJ Green. So if you have mm-hmm. AJ Green and you've been waiting for him to return, this is really tough. He might not even return now at this point, right? Like, yeah, I was, is there I was a chance he's just like get get his foot healthy and like move on to next year? Exactly. What's the and point I, of him coming back? Oh, geez. Well, what's the point of doing anything? <laughs> that, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I as a as a Tyler Boyd fantasy manager or whatever, I, I've got him on a few different teams. I think I'm going to still go ahead and be pretty confident playing him. I mean, when Driscoll came in, he looked to Boyd pretty often. Uh, he had he finished this he finished the game with seven catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown. And I believe his yeah his touchdown came with Driscoll in right. I believe it did. Um, and so I think that Boyd's upside is still there. I think he's still kind of the with Green out. He's still the go to guy in that offense. You can maybe bump John Ross in there as a guy who could potentially see some volume. And actually, Auden Tate is another interesting one. That his his uh, playing time went up in this game. Um, I saw on Twitter he had six targets from Driscoll, so that might be something to watch. Again, that's a, it's a chemistry thing. I'm guessing those guys have been playing together, like on scouting teams and things like that. Like they just have that familiarity with each other. Um, so that that's something to keep in mind. But for me, like Boyd is the main one, and I'm going to be continuing to start Boyd going forward, even with Driscoll at quarterback. I just think that there's enough volume at that at this point to uh, to make that worth a play. Boyd's earned it. He's been really great. The next one, I'm I'm still intrigued by this. Colt McCoy was real up and down on Thanksgiving. Uh, what is it? 2438 for 268 yards, two touchdowns, and three picks. I don't. You're not playing Colt McCoy. Like, unless you're in, like, a deep two-quarterback league. Right, like, right. So, the three picks matter, but, like, do they? Like, if Alex Smith had just, like, checked it down and threw <laughs> no. it out of bounds, like, ended the drive and punted, like, that doesn't really, isn't really that different from your fantasy perspective. I like that he's, like, slinging it, and 
So I'm actually, we talked about Dotson. I'm kind of like intrigued by Dotson. Um, and then also Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis. Reed looked great. And I'm really curious if McCoy is actually going to be able to like get the best out of them. And I mean, also destitute fantasy or maybe they could even get something out of both the tight ends. I mean, obviously uh, the Redskins receivers are banged up because uh, Paul Richardson's done. Jameson Crowder's been hurt for what seems like forever. And um, I, I actually don't think, despite how he kind of looked, I don't think Colt McCoy's bringing significantly less than Alex Smith was. I think right, Alex Smith was right. very good, but in terms of fantasy opportunity, um, I don't think McCoy's the, as big of a downgrade as it seems. I think with McCoy in there, and this, this is just maybe going off of the fact that he threw three picks, but with McCoy in there, it's harder for the Redskins to kind of do their game script thing where they want to run the ball a ton, control the clock, you know, get a lead and then hold on to it. It's more like, I think it's a, it portends sort of like a, a pass heavier approach going forward. It also doesn't help that they have like no no healthy offensive linemen to help block in their run, in the run game. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. They've got the Eagles, Jags, Giants, Titans, and Eagles to finish out the season. Two games against the Eagles, again, like we said. Defensive backs on that team are not good, and they're giving up a lot of points. The Jaguars right now are... A mess defensively, like even the Bills and Josh Allen scored points on them. So that it, I don't know. There's just some opportunity there going forward. Um, you know, again, like we said with Chris Thompson, he's another interesting guy. I just think, yeah, these Redskins skill position players just seem to be trending up at the right time for the fantasy playoffs or whatever. So um, that's an interesting one to watch. None of the guys are essentially must start players, clearly, but um, it doesn't <laughs> make me know. less. It doesn't make me less confident in the Redskins to have Cole McCoy in there. I'll say that. Yeah, no, I think that's actually a, a really good way of saying it. Uh, <laughs> and then the last one with this weird situation, I mean, so Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard, you know, not 100% sure who will be the starter for the next few weeks. But, um, I mean, I, tell me if I'm wrong. I think that there's like three fantasy, truly fantasy-relevant guys on this team. So it's George Kittle, obviously. Yeah. It's Matt Breda, who's become really good. And if you want to mess around with him, Dante Pettis. Right. And yeah, I think Breda, I actually think Breda's fantastic. I think Breda's... Great. I don't think this totally affects him. Um, and he is worth playing in the fantasy playoffs. He's been really good. Yeah. Kittle, I mean, it doesn't really matter if you have Kittle, you're playing him. I can't really imagine a world where you're not playing Kittle. So it doesn't really matter. No, he got 12 worse. targets like, last week. Six exactly. You're not going to bench but, him. Yeah. Right. Um, so, I mean, the question is if you're going to take a flyer on Kendrick Bourne or Dante Pettis. I, we liked Pettis early the year before Jer- Garoppolo got hurt. I would love for Pettis to, uh, you know, make a splash. I don't think you can depend on it, but I, I don't think that I think the Niners are equally as irrelevant as they were. Yeah. Really. I think that's, when, that's a good way of looking Jimmy at it. Hurt. Yeah. Whether it's, whether it's Bethard, I keep wanting to say CJ Bethard, uh, it, whether it's Bethard or Mullins and obviously man, Mullins really kind of failed with uh, his, he had a really good chance to go up against a terrible Buccaneers defense and just did not play well. 18 to 32 with a touchdown and two picks. I know um, no one cares about personal fantasy leagues, but I have to share this one. My brother, uh, in our fantasy football league from home, my brother saw that the that Nick Mullins was playing on that Thursday night game and was so excited that he could play against the third-string quarterback. He dropped his defense and picked up the Raiders' defense in our, in our league. The Raiders' defense got negative two points, and my brother <laughs> lost by one point. <laughs> and I, I think that's the most, and he's going to miss the playoffs now by one point, so, by one game. So there you go. So I will forever I remember it. Nick Mullins as keeping my brother out of the playoffs in 2018. Um, That's great. Um, I can hear Jim just grimacing because I told that story. <laughs> no, it was all right. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> he really is in a good mood. Oh, my God. Wow. He's not even screaming. Wow. This is so uh, wonderful. It doesn't mean we're not cutting it, though. Uh, <laughs> Let not... me finish. To, to finish my oh, thought yeah, on the 49ers, though, it's – I think you're right. Like, the, the simple way of saying it is if you're relying on any of the 49ers skill position players other than Brito or, or Kittle – like, Godspeed. Good good luck to you. Because <laughs> it doesn't make a difference, really. I think if Godspeed. if Beathard comes back, you know, that could potentially actually be good for Kittle, you know. And so, you know, it just doesn't really matter at this point whether it's Mullins or Beathard. And I think you're you're still probably gonna play both of those guys regardless. So yeah, that's an interesting one, but but really it probably doesn't have any effect on your fantasy team going forward. Hopefully not. <laughs> and if it does, Godspeed. Uh, yeah. All right. Thank you, DK. Best of luck to everyone. May the playoff fortunes fall forever in your favor. I can hear Jim gr- grimacing again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we 13 is my lucky number. So I think <laughs> if you take my advice, you'll get lucky. But maybe DK, not so much. Yeah. Um, all right. That's all the time we have today. Thank you, DK. We will be back on Friday. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Football Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. Thanks again to Hotel Tonight. By showing you top-rated hotels with unsold rooms, Hotel Tonight makes it easy to book your stay at an amazing rate. And even though their name is Hotel Tonight, you can book in advance. It's perfect for spontaneous weekend getaways, three-day weekends, staycations, road trips, business trips, booking a place with a pool, and more. So to start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels, go to hoteltonight.com or download the app now.